It is Thursday, September 7th, 2023, and this is Ozarks at Large. I'm Kyle Kellogg. And I'm Timothy Dennis. Today, a city administrator in Fort Smith says some people are worried they're forgetting about the past. That's impossible to forget, and it needs to be honored. And this painting by John Bell Jr. is an example of how one of the ways that we will honor our past while we trailblaze a path forward. Plus, a generational change in how we pay for prescription drugs. So this is the first time Medicare, our federal insurance program for the elderly, has been able to negotiate price with pharmaceutical companies for now 10 drugs that are some of the most expensive drugs for people to pay. And our latest edition of Sound Perimeter is dedicated to lullabies. First, the news from NPR. Crystal Bridges Museum of American Art invites art enthusiasts to register for portrait photography with Meredith Mashburn, an eight-week workshop designed for those 55-plus who wish to learn photography and hone their skills creating powerful portraits. Classes September 11th through October 30th. Supplies included, no experience required. Tickets at crystalbridges.org. This is Ozarks at Large for Thursday, September 7th, 2023 on your public radio station, KUAF. KUAF is a listener-supported service of the School of Journalism and Strategic Media at the University of Arkansas. I'm Timothy Dennis. I'm Kyle Kellams. Later today, the 99th edition of Sound Perimeter with Leo Ribe embraces the lullaby. And Timothy... Later, we'll give us the rundown for live music across the region as summer begins to really slip away. First today, a look at a budding sector of the Fort Smith economy. Manufacturers like Whirlpool and Ream brought jobs to the River Valley for years. Now in the city, new arts and humanities initiatives are growing. Ozarks at Large's Anna Pope takes us to the River City. That's my office. He's in here. The window blinds are always closed in Carl Gefkin's office in Fort Smith City Hall. Above a metal file cabinet, wooden desks stacked with city papers and thick binders, hangs a John Bell Jr. painting of downtown Fort Smith. Gefkin, Fort Smith City Administrator, is determined to keep it in mint condition. There are local people that are concerned that as we move forward, that we're going to forget the past. That's impossible to forget, and it needs to be honored. And this painting by John Bell Jr. is an example of how one of the ways that we will honor our past while we trailblaze a path forward. Gefkin says the painting was suspended in a thin frame on a city conference room wall. It was not until the space was updated that the painting was authenticated as a Bell original. The U.S. Census Bureau estimates the city grew from about 86,200 people in 2010 to almost 90,000 people in 2022. However, Fort Smith lost its place as Arkansas's second largest city to Fayetteville in 2021. For the past few years, the city has welcomed new initiatives. Fort Smith is selected to be the site for the Foreign Military Sales, or FMS Pilot Training Center, at Ebbing Air National Guard Base. The project is expected to bring up to 1,500 military staff and families to the city and generate about a billion dollars for Fort Smith's economy. The U.S. Marshals Museum opened a couple of months ago, and the city is home to the Arkansas College of Health Education Research Center. Fort Smith is located in the River Valley and the northwestern part of the state, but the city has a strong town identity. 
Gefkin says the development and growth happening across northwest Arkansas creates a competitive relationship north and south of the Bobby Hopper Tunnel. For us, we're very much a military town. So when it came to the FMS project, there was nobody that was going to do it better than Fort Smith. So that is something that will then benefit probably northwest Arkansas. When I say northwest, the five cities from Fayetteville up to Bella Vista. Meanwhile, the art and humanities sector of the city's economy is growing. The unexpected project is splashing giant, vibrant murals on some of the city's buildings. Contractors to expand UAFS's Wingate Arts Building were approved this year. There is the Fort Smith International Film Festival, and more art galleries are emerging on Garrison Avenue. For Gafkin, the projects are part of economic development and another incentive for people to visit the city. So uh, it shows that there's culture here, which we've always had, but it helps not only put the city on the map for that reason, but it helps then people understand what all that Fort Smith has to bring. Outside City Hall on Garrison Avenue, the city's buildings still tower along the side of the street, like in the John Bell painting. A few murals depicting images of indigenous portraits, animals, and a pistol-toting cowboy can be seen peeking between the red brick buildings. Fort Smith Museum of History houses about 40,000 artifacts in the large Atkinson Williams warehouse located near the Arkansas River. Caroline Spear, the museum's executive director, takes its brass-colored elevator to the collection storage floor. Um, this is going to be warm up here. Um. Boxes, furniture, spinning wheels, dishes, toys, televisions, and clocks are packed away on metal shelves or aligned on the floor. I mean, there's yeah. just anything up here. And one of the things that you come across in here is that as technology develops through time, mm -hmm. if we have one typewriter, we probably have 50. Because there is no air conditioning on the floor, the room is quiet and still. Um, so if y'all want to step around over here... Spear expertly weaves through so a row of furniture toward a ceramic bowl with an oral history of being used in a reception for Zachary Taylor before he was president. Fort Smith is known for its military roots, historic fort, famous U.S. Deputy Marshal Bass Reeves, manufacturing industry, and the Western classic True Grit. But Spear reiterates, art has been part of Fort Smith's story. So... Reconstruction has happened. Um, towns are beginning to recover. Um, there is an emphasis on arts and culture at that time. So we see lots of architecture happening, grand architecture. The opera houses, Fort Smith has an opera house. Spears says, as a resident, she has not only noticed increased industry, but also more tourism and a resurgence of arts and culture. I tend to think of Fort Smith as a really... I think because I grew up here and I know so many people, it feels like a big town to me. Um, but more and more and more we're gravitating towards that city of because there's just a lot of people working to bring forth arts, culture, destination. We already are a destination city. That's one of the things that at large sometimes I hear, oh, you know, people don't come to Fort Smith 
to come to Fort Smith, and that is incorrect. One of those people working to emphasize art in Fort Smith is Talisha Richardson, the executive director of 646 Downtown. So 646 is the, it represents the square miles of Fort Smith when the organization was founded in 2014. What we wanted to do was bring arts and culture into Fort Smith in a unique way. Richardson says helping bring different projects to the area is also about how they could impact tourism, provide job opportunities, and add to the environment for artists. Population growth and preparing for incoming military staff from around the world through the FMS initiative are involved in the arts conversation, but she says they do not change the narrative. In the Fort Smith Public Schools, you have over 40 different languages being spoken. So that right there is an indication that there are already people residing in our midst that have these multicultural backgrounds that are coming from different spaces across the United States, across the world. In 646's downtown office, posters of music series and film festivals are taped to the window. T-shirts are on sale, and art pieces from elementary to college-age students are on display. Richardson says in the future, she would like to see Fort Smith foster its connection with the northwestern and central state regions and stay true to itself. We want to really, really showcase our community and not stagnate the growth, but have like-minded people in our community that foster that growth and expand it in such a way that the uniqueness of Fort Smith can still be that authentic city where you have a 15-minute commute. I basically can walk here in four minutes to work. And if you desire that, that's still an option in this community. For Ozarks at Large and the Bruce and Ann Applegate News Studio One, I'm Anna Pope. We continue our trek through Fort Smith, where the intersection of art, tourism, and recreation is on full display at the Riverfront Park on the banks of the Arkansas River. Ozarks at Large's Jack Travis reports. Fort Smith is a happening town. The historic city is always bustling with activity. From art galleries to a lively nightlife, there's always something to do. However, activity doesn't stop at the city streets. For those seeking natural fun, the Riverfront Park offers near-limitless possibilities. The park is nestled against the Arkansas River. It hosts 16.2 miles of trails, an outdoor amphitheater, a skate park, and more. A park against the river may seem like a natural choice for Fort Smith, but City Administrator Carl Grefkin says that Fort Smith planners drew inspiration for the park from the Arkansas Municipal League. Which works with all 500 cities, is that when one city does something well, it's emulated throughout the rest of the state. May be done a little differently, but essentially it's the same. So when you think of Fayetteville, you think of trails and outdoor recreation. And so their ability to start that work and be successful at it, and, and you know, Fayetteville's been doing this for a good 20 years, so they have that head start, and to see what that has attracted is wonderful for us because then... There's proof in the state that it can be done and that there's a benefit to it. Northwest Arkansas and the River Valley have a unique relationship. Grefkin says he thinks of the two regions as rivals who encourage each other to improve. He says he prioritized outdoor recreation, 
not to compare Fort Smith with Northwest Arkansas, but because he believes the river park and joint trail system will benefit Fort Smith's military population as well as further stimulate the city's arts and culture scene. New opportunities for creative recreation occur all over downtown all the time, says Talisha Richardson. Richardson is executive director for 646 Downtown, a nonprofit that curates local arts through business development, special events, and public art installations. Recently, the city acquired over 300 acres of wetland, and volunteers are currently developing a soft trail system for the space. Additionally, city administrators opened an innovative park named after the late local artist John Bell Jr., The park houses Fort Smith's first universally accessible playground that has features geared toward children of all levels of physical ability. Richardson says the park is indicative of the entire riverfront. We have open access to to the Arkansas River. So John Q. Public can literally walk and fish in the Arkansas River in our downtown area. And to me, that is a, a, a jewel that just needs to be realized. If the Riverfront Park is a gem of downtown Fort Smith, then 646 is a jeweler. The nonprofit has installed works of art along the trail system for public viewing, and Richardson says the convergence of art and nature provides the space with both aesthetic and practical value. So 646 downtown has already installed a couple of pieces along the Arkansas River, along the trail. Can we do more? Absolutely. But with that comes funding, right? So to be able to have a public art installation along the river after so many miles, that to me would be ideal because it will extend your experience, if you will. You can have these beautiful pieces, you can have all of that, but I'm a big proponent of tree canopies when I'm walking, especially in these record-breaking temperatures right now. So what would that look like? It looks like so many different things that we could offer, Um, but the tree canopy to me would be a more artistic, it could be an artistic approach, or ways to create shade so that people can extend their um, time downtown. She says the riverfront is not the only space that combines arts and recreation. The newly finished U.S. Marshals Museum will house art celebrating the Cherokee, Choctaw, Chickasaw, Creek, and Seminole tribes, whose land now backs up to the museum's sidewalk. So the businesses are also taking note of what has been done in incorporating art and culture along the riverfront. So it's not just a singular effort of one organization, it's everyone within our community buying into the importance of arts and culture. 646 launched their Levitt Amp music series earlier this month, with Dejarin performing on the historic riverfront Saturday, September 9th. For Ozarks at Large, I'm Jack Travis. You can find photos from Anna and Jack's coverage of their tour of Fort Smith, as well as all of the stories that you hear on this show at our website, OzarksAtLarge.com. Hi, I'm Matthew Moore, a reporter, producer, and co-host of Ozarks at Large. As someone who reports on local news, I make it my mission to make sure the news you get is accurate. That means always being just a little bit skeptical when reading a script. Governor Hutchinson spoke with us this morning. No, he didn't. Did he? Yeah. That was my 8 o'clock interview. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, this is a cut that I got. Oh! That's who I was talking to from 8 to 810. Well, there you go. We're going to leave all this in. (laughs) Governor Hutchinson. (laughs) At Ozarks at Large, we check the facts and report the news you need. 
You rely on us to bring you the news every day. And during this fall fundraiser, I want to take some time to remind you, we can't do that without your support. You can make a one-time gift or become a sustaining member today by going to supportkuaf.com. And thanks. Ahead on Ozarks, what prescription drug price negotiations might mean moving forward. The federal government has paid whatever the pharmaceutical company asked, and now for the first time we're actually having a negotiation about what that should be. Other countries don't do that. Countries around the world do not pay what America pays for these pharmaceuticals. Dr. Joe Thompson, the CEO of the Arkansas Center for Health Improvement, talks about prescription prices, Medicare, and the future. That's in about six minutes on today's Ozarks at Large. When she was in her 20s, Kristen Neff did something that left her feeling deeply ashamed. Then she made a startling discovery. The kinder, more supportive I could be toward myself, the more able I was to take responsibility for what I had done. And it was a real light bulb moment. The power of self-compassion. This week on Hidden Brain from NPR. You can listen to Hidden Brain Saturday afternoon at 3 o'clock or Sunday morning at 6 o'clock on 91.3 KUAF. The University of Arkansas is reporting a record high enrollment this fall. Chancellor Charles Robinson wrote in an email, there are just more than 32,000 students attending on-campus classes this year. The university reports both the overall enrollment and the freshman class set records for the number of Arkansas students enrolled. The entry in freshman class brings with them a 3.79 GPA. The total enrollment number of 32,140 includes undergraduate, graduate, and law school students. The enrollment represents a nearly 4% increase compared to last year. Student population has increased by nearly 16% in the last five years. The Arkansas Forestry Division is using a Code Orange high wildfire danger alert across the western half of Arkansas. More than half of the counties in Arkansas have declared burn bans, including Crawford, Sebastian, Logan, Johnson, and Yell counties. Wildfires are also burning in eastern Oklahoma, with two major fires in Adair County, causing smoky haze to drift east across the border. Arkansas's Forestry Fire Crew Division yesterday reported response to five wildfires, with two continuing to burn in Perry and Pope counties. Hot and dry weather conditions will persist through early next week, with more burn bans expected. Chances of rain overnight tonight and into tomorrow are expected to ease dry conditions in both the River Valley and northwest Arkansas. The Willard and Pat Walker Foundation is giving $2 million to the University of Arkansas for Medical Sciences to help with the construction of the planned UAMS Health Orthopedics, and Sports Performance Center in Springdale. The center, scheduled to be finished in 2025, is expected to have a total cost of $85 million. A press release from UAMS indicates the center will provide specialized care for University of Arkansas athletes and Northwest Arkansas residents. The 115,000-square-foot facility will combine the two existing UAMS facilities in Fayetteville and Lowell, as well as add services not yet available at either of those locations. Keep Arkansas Beautiful is kicking off its fall cleanup. Keep Arkansas Beautiful director Colby Jones says litter creates more problems than just negative environmental impact. It impacts every aspect of our lives. It detours tourism, which the tourism industry is our second leading industry across the state, second to agriculture. It welcomes crime. It deters economic development and it impacts our health. 
The fall cleanup is part of an annual tradition going back decades. Volunteer program manager Robin Taylor says the event is now in its 54th year. In 1969, Carl Garner, a former Keep Arkansas Beautiful Commissioner and engineer for the U.S. Army Corps of Engineers, established the Great Arkansas Cleanup on Greer's Ferry Lake in the Little Red River. This nationally recognized cleanup effort and his dedication to conservation in Arkansas led to the renaming of Federal Lands Cleanup Day to the Carl Garner Federal Lands Cleanup Day in 1995. There are cleanup events scheduled around the state this autumn. Fall cleanup lasts through the beginning of October. The Northwest Arkansas Naturals are attracting more fans in 2023 than they did in 2022. Talk Business and Politics reports through the first 50 games of this season. The Naturals have had nearly 193,000 fans. That's a more than 11% increase compared to last year. Biggest crowd was on Independence Day, more than 6,600 fans. The Naturals still have six home dates remaining in 2023 beginning Tuesday night. And tonight, the Arkansas Razorback soccer team is playing a top 15 team for the third time already this season. The Razorbacks earlier this year tied number 12 Notre Dame in South Bend and then lost to number 4 North Carolina in Chapel Hill on Sunday. Tonight's match against number 9 Clemson is in South Carolina. The next home match for the Razorbacks, Sunday, September 17th, against Grand Canyon. Time now for today's Northwest Arkansas Business Journal Report. I'm Paul Gatling. Today we'll have a conversation with Dr. Joe Thompson, President and CEO of the Arkansas Center for Health Improvement, who will discuss various health issues ranging from Medicaid to prescription drug price negotiations. We've also got an update on plans to bring professional soccer to Northwest Arkansas, and America's Car Mart in Rogers prepares for a leadership change. Those stories are ahead after the break on today's Northwest Arkansas Business Journal Report. Support for the Northwest Arkansas Business Journal Report is provided by the Arkansas State Chamber of Commerce and Associated Industries of Arkansas. The Chamber's mission is to promote a pro-business, free enterprise agenda and prevent legislation, regulation, and rules that hinder business. ArkansasStateChamber.com Arkansas Blue Cross and Blue Shield. For more than 70 years, Arkansas Blue Cross and Blue Shield has used its knowledge and compassion to create healthcare solutions for individuals and businesses. More information at ArkansasBlueCross.com. First Security is proud to be only in Arkansas. They offer smart solutions for personal and business banking, plus convenient services and community investment. First Security, member FDIC, equal housing lender. Dr. Joe Thompson heads up the Arkansas Center for Health Improvement. In a recent interview with Roby Brock, Thompson said he expects federal Medicare drug negotiations to expand in coming years as a more capitalistic and competitive approach to health care emerges. In late August, the Biden administration announced 10 drugs that will be negotiated for price discounts in Medicare, and that's a first for the program. This is a very significant change for the federal Medicare program. Medicare is what we care for elderly in our nation. Since 1965, when Medicare was first put in place, it did not cover prescription drugs. The Part D program that went in place after the turn of the century did cover prescription drugs, but it did not allow the federal government to negotiate price 
on prescription drugs. So this is the first time Medicare, our federal insurance program for the elderly, has been able to negotiate price with pharmaceutical companies for now 10 drugs that are some of the most expensive drugs for people to pay. You anticipate there will be other drugs that will eventually get worked <clears throat> into this? I think the intent is for there to put capitalism, competition, into the drug pricing of pharmaceutical companies in their negotiations with the federal government. There are lawsuits by a majority of the pharmaceutical companies against the federal government to prohibit this from happening. So we've got a legal process, but we've had a negotiation process for the first time Sh going shocked. forward. I just say shocked that there's gambling here in this casino. So um, yeah, the legal action there. Uh, let's talk about, I think you can probably navigate this in pretty neutral terms here. This has been a huge political debate in Washington, D.C. for decades, really, this whole possibility of negotiating these prices. Kind of what have been the forces at work in that? I think the major <clears throat> forces at work are commercial for-profit entities that frequently benefit from new discovery that happens in our academic institutions and our research labs across the nation, that they turn it into a drug <clears throat> that unfortunately individuals have to have and so they'll pay whatever it takes. The federal government has paid whatever the pharmaceutical company asked and now for the first time we're actually having a negotiation about what that should be. Other countries don't do that. Countries around the world do not pay what America pays for these pharmaceuticals. Um, and why is there a difference between countries like that? I mean, that seems to not make as much sense to me. It's been a political process. <clears throat> the advocates for the pharmaceutical companies, the lobbyists, have had laws and regulations in place that prohibit our federal government from negotiating where other countries negotiate fairly successfully. Gotcha. All right, Medicaid disenrollment, another hot button <clears throat> topic. We're about at the end of month five of a six month process to take people off, give a little bit of background for people that don't understand why we are going through this whole process of redetermination. So Medicaid, Aid for the Poor, has been a federal state partnership also since 1965. When COVID hit, the federal government made a deal with states saying, if you will not disenroll people during the pandemic, we will give you extra federal money to run your program. And our state, like every other state, said, yes, we'll take extra federal money. And so for over three years, we enrolled people in Medicaid, but we didn't disenroll anyone from Medicaid. Uh, last year, as the pandemic came to an end, we still have COVID, we'll come to that in a moment, right. but as the pandemic emergency came to an end, the federal government said you can now redetermine if individuals are still eligible, and we started redetermining and disenrolling people that were no longer eligible. Um, and that has been a significant <clears throat> number of people, and there are a variety of reasons why they might not have been re-upped with their Medicaid. We might have lost touch with some mm -hmm. of them. Some of them may have moved away. Some of them just may not have turned things back in. Some of them may have moved up the income uh, food, food chain, which takes them off of Medicaid. Where, where do you kind of see most of the shift coming? So Medicaid is an income-determined eligibility. A certain level of income, 138% <clears throat> of the poverty level, makes you eligible to be on Medicaid with no premiums for your health insurance. Over the three years, the state and other states enrolled lots of new people didn't disenroll anybody. We now have the lowest 
uh, unemployment rate that we've ever had. So as the state goes through this, we're going to find individuals whose income have, has increased, so they're no longer eligible. But we're also going to find people who still are eligible because of their family size or because of their circumstances that need to stay on the program. So we're now entering the sixth month. Uh, six months is what the state of Arkansas determined they would do this in. And, and we have individuals that have been disenrolled. Probably we have many that were disenrolled appropriately because their income were, was elevated, and we have some that were disenrolled because they couldn't navigate the system, and so we're going to have to re-enroll those over the next few months. What do you think of the process for re-enrolling those folks <clears throat> that were disenrolled because they can't navigate the system? The state has put a lot of effort into this. I think there's been almost a whole year's worth of preparation for this. To me, it seems like when you come into your point of care in the health delivery system, the emergency room, your doctor's office, that's probably when you learn you don't have health insurance for the first time. People <clears throat> frequently don't think about health insurance as a critical need, but it is. It's the number one cause of bankruptcy in, in the United States. And, and what happens is when people go to the emergency room, go to the doctor, need care, that provider needs to get paid and it's frequently paid by a third party, either a health insurance plan or Medicaid. As we've disenrolled these individuals, those folks whose income has increased need to get enrolled and insured on the health insurance marketplace. Many of the individuals that paid nothing for Medicaid, their income's increased, they can get a federal subsidy where they almost pay nothing for the same insurance coverage, but it requires action on their part, and that's the challenge. Thompson said Arkansas and other states are seeing a resurgence in COVID cases from variants of COVID-19. But the Arkansas Center for Health Improvement is not tracking COVID-19 infections like during the pandemic. For more of that interview, you can log on to our sister website at talkbusiness.net. USL Arkansas co-founder Warren Smith said he expects to finalize the soccer franchise's ownership group and announce it next spring. Coming up with a name for the USL Arkansas franchise with fan input, and building a brand around it are also at the top of Smith's workload. We've got a story with Smith and his work to help bring professional soccer to Rogers in the latest magazine issue. And you can find that story online now at nwabusinessjournal.com. America's Carmart has promoted its president to succeed Jeff Williams as he steps down from the role of chief executive. Doug Campbell will formally take over the CEO role on October 1st as Williams transitions to CEO Emeritus through the end of fiscal 2024. And Northwest Arkansas Community College says preliminary numbers show 8,409 students enrolled this fall. That's up about 7% from last year. I'm Paul Gatling, and that's the Northwest Arkansas Business Journal Report. Until next time, thanks for listening. This is Ozarks at Large. It is a Thursday in September, Timothy Dennis. It is, and it's been a couple of weeks since we've done this. Right. Vacations, because, holidays, what have well, you. Yeah, but we're ready to do it again. We are. Oh, I guess we should tell people. I think we just assumed. Yeah. This is when we talk about live music right, in the right. area. I okay. mean, we've done this for so long that right. it feels like second right. nature okay. at this point. But anyway, let's start with tonight.
Walton Arts Center in Fayetteville is going to have a production on stage in Ballmarker Hall called mm-hmm. The Music of Sam Cooke. Mm-hmm. It's featuring uh, singer Brad Marquis as Sam Cooke, and he's backed by a full big band. Mm. Yeah. This could be really yeah. something else. Yeah. Tickets start at $29. There aren't a whole lot of them left, so if you want to go, you should probably jump on it. Yeah. It is tonight in Ballmarker Hall at Walton Arts Center. Starts at 7 o'clock. Again, that's in downtown Fayetteville. Okay. Jumping ahead to tomorrow night, George's Majestic Lounge in Fayetteville is going to welcome the electro psychedelic funk pop band from Miami, Magic City Hippies. <laughs> All right. Tickets are $25. That starts at 9 o'clock as the late show at George's Majestic Lounge in Fayetteville. And again, that's tomorrow night. Also happening tomorrow night in Fayetteville, Steve Aoki is going to be at JJ's Live. Oh, really? Yeah. If you don't know who he is, he's kind of an electronic EDM mm-hmm. superstar. And I know there's no making this right, this right. And I know there's no changing your mind, your mind. But we both found each other this until recently, but he's actually one of the sons of Benihana founder Rocky Aoki. I did not know that either. I didn't either, but thank you History Channel for that lesson. <laughs> Tickets are $39.50 in advance. They go up to $44.50 at the door. That starts at 7.30 tomorrow night, again at JJ's Live in Fayetteville. Up at Bike Rack Brewing Company in Bentonville for their Friday night patio concert series show, they're going to have Jenna and the Soul Shakers in the house. It's been a while since I've seen them. It I has been. may need to drive up there. Everybody needs a little bit of a break every once in a while. Yeah. Though. That show starts at 7 o'clock tomorrow night again. That's at Bike Rack Brewing Company in Bentonville. Over in Rogers tomorrow night, the Music Depot is going to have the Rodney Block Collective in the mm-hmm, house. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. They are a jazz and funk collective from the Little Rock area. Yeah. So shine Tickets are $20. That starts at 7 o'clock tomorrow night again. That's at the Music Depot in Rogers. Butterfield Stage in Rogers tomorrow night is going to have the St. Louis-based blues, reggae, funk, jam band Aaron Cam and the One Drops on stage. Unfamiliar, I'm afraid. They're really good. Okay. They're really good. They've been in the area quite a few times. I apologize for being unfamiliar. That being at Butterfield Stage, admission is free unless you want tables or something like that, and it starts at 8 o'clock tomorrow night. Again, that's in downtown Rogers. I, I, I'm going to go, and, and when I get up there, I'm going to say, I want something like a table. I was told that I could get something like a table. A two-legged stool? <laughs> I, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> you just said tables or something like that. Over in Eureka Springs tomorrow night, the gravel bar is going to have the damn neighbors in the house. This is exactly what it seems. Get your pitchforks and kerosene. We'll find the best of us and make them believe what we want. We'll find the honest ones, make them pay for things we've done. Oh, speaking of a band I haven't seen for right. a while. Okay. Anyway, this show tomorrow night at the gravel bar gets underway at 7 o'clock. Then down in Fort Smith tomorrow night, 
Majestic is going to have the Texas country group Shane Smith and the Saints in the house. I have heard of them. I'm not sure I've heard them. I mean, it's Texas country, a okay. little bit of Americana, okay. slight, you know, Red Dirt influences in there, even though Red Dirt's in there. The barmaid asked of the towns we'd see New York, Tulsa, the Grand Salida She stared into space, I wondered Tickets are $30 in advance. They go up to $35 at the door. That starts at 7 o'clock tomorrow night. Again, that's at Majestic in Fort Smith. Okay, jumping ahead to Saturday. Prairie Street Live in Fayetteville is going to have one penny shy on stage. Local folk yep. duo. Loose curls call me tiny dancer. You've got me tripping on answers. That is a free show, and it starts at 7 o'clock. Again, that's Saturday evening at Prairie Street Up Live. at the Momentary in Bentonville Saturday night, they're going to have the Canadian indie pop band Always. Always? A-L-V-A-Y-S. I don't, I've seen, I have a reader's vocabulary on that. Yeah. Yeah. That show is actually going to be on the Momentary Green. Right. Tickets are $39. Starts at 8 o'clock Saturday night. Again, that's at the Momentary in Bentonville. Back at the Music Depot in Rogers Saturday night, Jerron Marshall is going to be in the house. Fantastic local powerhouse vocalist specializing Mm -hmm. in the soul, R&B, and gospel realm. Tickets are $15. That starts at 7 o'clock Saturday evening. Again, that's at the Music Depot in Rogers. Over in Eureka Springs Saturday night, Got a Hole Brewing is going to have the Kansas City-based Americana bluegrass band Gully Washer on their stage. <laughs> oh, yeah. Great name. Yeah. All you saw was mud in the gutter when the day turned white With the smell of moonflowers from shadow at night that show starts at 6 o'clock Saturday evening. Again, that's at Gotta Hold Brewing in Eureka Springs. And then Saturday evening down in Winslow, or Saturday afternoon really, in Winslow, Ozark Folkways is going to have a children's concert with candy songs in the backyard bugs. Spindly spider spins your web so fine and it glistens and glimmers in the glowing moonlight. show very soon. All right, all right. Cover for that show is $10. That gets underway at 3 o'clock Saturday afternoon. Again, that's at Ozark Folkways in Winslow. Okay, Sunday. The Nighttimers are going to be playing at Hotbox Pizza in Eureka Springs. If you keep walking through my door It's just too hard to let you go I'll pick the pieces off the floor Yeah, if you're unfamiliar, that's located at 5 Forest Park Driving in Eureka Springs. If you're unfamiliar with the Nighttimers, they're one of the best honky-tonk bands in this area. And it's just two people. Yeah, they'll be fun. That show gets underway at 5 o'clock Sunday evening at Hot Box Pizza in Eureka Springs. And then jumping ahead to Wednesday, George's Majestic Lounge is going to have some people we've had on our show a few times. 
the Steel Wheels. That's right. That's right. They were the first band to ever play live on an Ozarks at Large mm-hmm. uh, root show. Yeah. They and started us all off on they, that. They were just incredible. They're fantastic. Rain keeps pushing me back off my way. Wind keeps rushing me and my mind starts to stray. But my hand will keep uh, The show is presented in collaboration with the Folk School of Fayetteville. Right. Tickets are $20 in advance, go up to $22 at the door, and that starts at 8 o'clock Wednesday evening again at George's in Fayetteville. And don't you feel like we're getting into a very busy time because the weather is breaking, patios are still open, students are back in Fayetteville? Well, we've got about a magic month of where the weather is going to be Mm -hmm. pretty perfect usually for outdoor music. There's enough people here to fill out shows, and it's just— And people coming in for football games. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's it's going to be a good, good month or so. All right. Timothy Dennis, thank you. Thank you. Music and Associate Dean at the University of Arkansas, expanding our musical boundaries with Sound Perimeter. We open Sound Perimeter today with Knitting Lullaby, a piece for guitar based on a traditional Dalmatian folk song written and performed by Yugoslavian guitarist, composer, improviser, and music educator Miroslav Tadik. Tadik's musical language draws from many diverse sources, including Baroque, European and North Indian classical music, flamenco, Eastern European folk traditions, and more. This lullaby features the technique of flamenco tremolo, a technique that by means of repeating notes elongates sounds that naturally won't be sustained in the guitar, echoing the sounds of a mandolin or of the human voice. Lullabies serve as a means of providing comfort connection, and a peaceful sleep environment for infants and young children. They have calming melodies and repetitive rhythms that help kids relax and fall asleep faster and foster a strong emotional bond, providing a sense of security and love. Let us continue enjoying this beautiful piece I hope you find soothing and take a moment to let those guitar sounds calm and embrace you.
that was Knitting Lullaby, a piece for guitar based on a traditional Dalmatian folk song written and performed by Yugoslavian guitarist, composer, improviser and music educator Miroslav Tadic. Ricardo Benitez, Cuban flute player and composer from Camagüey, wrote Canción de Cuna for his song. Let us listen to an excerpt from Canción de Cuna, Lullaby, from his 2016 album Charanguero, Flauta, Tumbao y Café. was Ricardo Benitez, Cuban flute player and composer from Camagüey, and his Canción de Cuna, or lullaby. Sometimes the most beautiful lullabies are the sounds of our surroundings. Today in San Perimeter, we listen to lullabies, an invitation to reminisce on those tranquil and loving sounds from our memories, our childhood, and our environment. In the hands of guitarist and composer Miroslav Tadic and flutist and composer Ricardo Benitez. This is Lia Uribe, professor of music and associate dean at the University of Arkansas Fulbright College of Arts and Sciences, expanding our musical boundaries with Sound Pinimeter. Sound Pinimeter is a show written and hosted by me and produced by Timothy Dennis, KUAF 91.3 in Fayetteville, Arkansas. This segment is dedicated to diverse voices in and around music. I hope it will expand your knowledge and connection to inclusive sounds and let music infiltrate your lives and transform your realities. See you soon.
tomorrow on Ozarks. Erin Bohannon's still young career has taken her from Springfield, Missouri's Little Theater to the Boston Conservatory at Berklee College of Music to the national touring production of Six, the musical. On any night, she might play one of three of King Henry VIII's ill-fated wives. But as soon as I get into that mindset, it's honestly pretty easy just because all of the transitions between each step make so much sense. It's such a well-choreographed and blocked show that whenever I'm Catherine Howard, I'm not like, oh, I might go to Jane Seymour's spot because it wouldn't make sense within the function of the show. And also putting on the costumes, they all feel so different. So I automatically feel like the queen that I'm playing. When I put that on, it's really easy to lock in. The tour's next stop is at Walton Arts Center. And we'll talk with Aaron about it on tomorrow's show at noon and 7 p.m. on 91.3 FM KUAF. Or you can always listen to the KUAF live stream at KUAF.com. This weekend on the Vinyl Hour, Pete Schuster is back for part two of his Moving Pictures mixtape. Lost singer-songwriters, 90s indie rock, and Thin Lizzy round out another well-curated hour. Songs to move you and trying to put it into a semi-cohesive framework in just the vein of, like we talked about last time, the vein of mixtapes. Like, that's, that's the whole thing. That's coming up this Saturday at 5 on KUAF. Welcoming Week NWA kicks off tomorrow with multiple speaker panels, volunteer drives, and other family-friendly events highlighting the significance of accessibility LGBTQ plus identity, immigration, and more. The goal to make Northwest Arkansas thriving and inclusive place to live and work. The kickoff takes place at the Jones Center in Springdale tomorrow. If you'd like to know more information about not just tomorrow, but the entire Welcoming Week, which actually goes on for most of the month, Welcoming Week NWA on Facebook. The Charlotte Museum of Ozark History will release newly hatched butterflies and offer a free seed ball making station during the Monarch Flight Festival in downtown Springdale, Saturday, September 16th. In partnership with the Downtown Springdale Alliance, the Monarch Flight Festival takes place from noon to 4 p.m. at Walter Turnbow Park at Shiloh Square and the Shiloh Museum grounds. Other events include a Monarch Butterfly Parade and Storytime with... Maslabritos. Other events include a Monarch Butterfly Parade and Storytime with Maslabritos. Mm. Other events include a Monarch Butterfly Parade and Storytime with Moss Libritos. For details, shilohmuseum.org. I once covered a uh, a butterfly release. Yeah. And I came back and there's like no real natural sound. There's no sound that goes along with that. Yeah, I mean, butterfly wings are flapping are kind of delicate. I think if you, you know, you go to South America where there are millions. Right. But for this. Well, it's like one bat doesn't make a lot of noise, but a flock of bats for sure. I hope I never record a flock of bats making (laughs) nothing against bats, just don't want to be in the middle of them. Oh, also, by the way, the Arkansas Department of Agriculture's Forestry Division is accepting applications for the 2023 Shade Trees on Playground program through September 15th. So that's coming up. Arkansas schools needing additional shade on playgrounds can find the STOP program application and guidelines at agriculture.arkansas.gov.
This is 91.3 FM KUAF Fayetteville, Fort Smith, Rogers, and Pineville, Missouri. Ozarks at Large is a production of KUAF, and you can listen to us whenever you'd like with the free Ozarks at Large podcast. Contributors to our show today included Anna Pope. Jack Travis, Paul Gatling, Roby Brock, and Leo Ribe. Timothy produced today's show and today's edition of Sound Perimeter Inside the Herald and Blanchcock News Studio. Additional reporting today was provided by the hardworking news staff of KUAR, Little Rock Public Radio, and Ozarks at Large's Jacqueline Froelich. I'm Timothy Dennis. I'm Kyle Kellums. Back with you tomorrow. Timothy, always good to do the show with you. Great to do it with you. The Momentary in Benville presents Grammy Award-winning alternative country rock band Wilco, Friday, October 27th, live and in-person, outdoors, on the Momentary Green. This concert is part of the Momentary's Live on the Green concert series. Wilco tickets are on sale now at themomentary.org.